Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Monday, the 6th of February in London. Coming up today... FTSE 100 not out. The UK's leading index hit a record high, but is that as good as it gets? More than just hot air, tensions rise as the US shoots down what they say is a Chinese spy balloon. A wow number. The Fed's Mary Daly reacts to the red-hot US jobs growth, but sees no reason to change course. Trust on the comeback trail. AstraZeneca calls for increased investment... And Solomon's DJ gig leads to blurred lines for Goldman. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's newspapers, and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus a tale of two cities, we sit down for an exclusive chat with the Lord Mayor of London and the Tokyo Governor. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe on DAB Digital Radio London, Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Cirrus XM Channel 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepker. Here are the stories that we're following today. The FTSE 100 is heading into the week, having hit a record high on Friday. But the outlook for the future is less rosy, as Bloomberg's Samuel Etienne reports. On Friday, the UK's blue chip index finally rose above its 2018 peak, but it's still lagging behind other benchmarks in Europe, China and the US so far this year. In 2022, higher oil and gas prices helped boost energy giants BP and Shell and lift the FTSE 100 overall. Longer term, though, the UK benchmark is virtually flat in dollar terms since the 2016 Brexit vote, while markets elsewhere have seen significant gains. Paris overtook London as Europe's largest equity market last year and remains firmly in the lead. In London, I'm Samuel Etienne, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Well, now the Fed's December dot plot remains a good signal of where rates are headed. That, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco President Mary Daly. Speaking to Fox Business, Daly had this to say on January's Red Hot Jobs report. The number today on the jobs report was a wow number, but the trend was not surprising. We knew that the labor market was strong, has been strong, despite the fact that the economy overall has been slowing. And so right now I see the December SCP that we had in our last meeting for the 2022 as being a good indicator of where policy is at least heading. But I'm prepared to do more than that if more is needed. Mary Daly does not have a vote at this year's rate meetings. However, her view will add weight to market expectations that the hiking cycle is nearing its end. The US economy added 517,000 jobs last month, pushing the unemployment rate to a 53-year low. 
The United States has sent divers to salvage what they believe is spy equipment from the Chinese balloon shot down off the coast of South Carolina. The balloon was downed by an American F-22 fighter jet on direct orders from President Biden. Einar Tangen, senior fellow at the Chinese t- think tank, the Taiha Institute, says it's hard to understand what strategic advantage the Chinese expected to gain from using the balloon. From the face of it, it doesn't seem like a, a very good message. Uh, you, you can't really figure out exactly how China would get ahead by sending a balloon that's the size of three buses uh, and clearly visible uh, to uh, the American public. It's not going to help uh, relations or anything like that. Ina Tangan spoke to Bloomberg as China continues to insist the device is a climate research airship that strayed off course. However, the US argues it's part of a broader spying programme by the country. Now, the Lord Mayor of London, Nicholas Lyons, and his Tokyo counterpart, Governor Yuriko Koike, have been making the case for closer ties between the two countries' financial hubs. Speaking exclusively to us here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, Lyons sought to downplay the threat to London from continental Europe. In terms of the threat to London as a global financial centre from what's happening in continental Europe, look, we, we encourage competitiveness. What, what is happening in continental Europe will only make us stronger. You will see that in Frankfurt or in Paris or in Amsterdam or in Dublin or in Luxembourg that there is an aspect of financial services where there is real expertise. But nobody can compete with London in terms of the whole ecosystem. That is just not replicable. So the Lord Mayor of London, well, he also told us that the City of London has been able to replace the 7,000 jobs lost since Brexit. Yurike Koike added that closer ties between the UK and Japan are down to both economics and strategic concerns over China. The board of Renault has signed off on a deal to rebalance its troubled alliance with Nissan and Mitsubishi. Under the agreement, the French carmaker will reduce its ownership of Nissan from 43 to 15%. The rest of the current shareholding will be put in a trust which will be slowly sold down. Representatives from the three companies will hold a news conference in London later to announce details of the plan. 100,000 nurses and 10,000 ambulance staff in England are expected to strike today in what's uh, thought to be the biggest walkout in NHS history. Members of the Royal College of Nursing at 61 Health Trusts are taking action, along with GMB members at seven ambulance services. Both unions are demanding pay talks with ministers, saying that the government could have prevented the strikes. Business Secretary Grant Shapp says that the government is bringing in new anti-strike laws due to the lack of cooperation operation from paramedics. That leaves the army, who are driving the backups here, in a very difficult position, a postcode lottery if it comes to you having a heart attack or a, a stroke when there's a, a strike on. We cannot have that situation. And that's why I'm introducing laws for minimum safety levels. So that was the Business Secretary Grant Shapps. Meanwhile, a second day of nursing strikes will take place tomorrow. Those are our top stories this morning. Look, another very difficult week ahead for the NHS. If you're looking to yeah. try to get doctor's appointments, things going to be very tricky. Yeah, absolutely. According to the Bloomberg calculations, at least 55,000 appointments are likely to be delayed just by this week's action. The government's in a very difficult position. Our, uh, the Royal College of Nursing, the RCN, has backed away from the kind of 90% pay rise it wants, but 
doesn't seem to be any way forwards at the moment in terms of negotiations with government. Another story that caught my eye this morning is to do with the housing market here in the UK. Mm. Mortgages set for their slowest growth since 2011 as we see the house prices uh, dip. This is research from the accounting firm EY. Uh, our colleague Arena Angel has written up the story on the mm. Bloomberg terminal. Um, look, another symptom of what we've been talking about for so long, falling house prices, and now it's having the knock-on effect on borrowing. Yes, although in that EY research, what I found interesting also was their stats on business lending, also expected to fall significantly, obviously higher debt servicing costs, lower earnings, supply chain snarls. Yes, there's still a problem, according to EY, so you're also going to see business lending drop this year. Up next, trust on the comeback trail. AstraZeneca calls for increased investment and Solomon's DJ gig leads to blurred lines for Goldman. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's Leanne Gerens joins us now. The headline in The Telegraph says Liz Truss set to reignite China row in fresh challenge to Rishi Sunak. Leanne Gerens, March of the weekend spent poring over uh, the attempted comeback by the former PM. You're absolutely right, Caroline. And I have the Sunday Telegraph with me <laughs> and she broke. I've got it right here in the studio. Russell, Maybe you can Russell. hear it rustling. Yes. And yesterday she broke her silence, Caroline, with this 4,000 word essay in the newspaper. Now, she defended her tax-cutting agenda that caused the economic turmoil we saw in this country during the mini-budget. And she also criticised Rishi Sunak. A line that I picked out from her essay in the paper yesterday says she criticised Whitehall's strength of economic orthodoxy and its influence on the market and condemns Treasury officials for blindsiding her over the collapse of the pension market, which did precede her resignation. 
nation. So she's standing resolute. She said that the MPs weren't behind her. And of course, she said that she was brought down by the left-wing economic establishment. Now, moving on from that, we actually expected to see Liz Truss today on camera for the first time since her resignation. She'll be giving an interview to The Spectator magazine. Now, that will be broadcast on YouTube. And the former PM will warn that the threat posed by Beijing is not being taken seriously enough. And this is, as you say, Caroline, she really continues her return to the political fray. And this is set to mm. reignite a row between Truss and Sunak. We saw this on the campaign trail. Who would take the toughest stance against Beijing? So strong words there from Liz Truss over the weekend. I think it's just very interesting, the, the level of reaction. It's the speed at which Liz Truss is trying to rehabilitate her record poor by anybody's standards you know fantasy delusional these are the kind of words that you see in other newspapers like the independent and the times on what she's saying you know it's only a few months since she left office yeah hard to believe as you say the timing is very tight leanne let's turn to a story in the times next uh, astrazeneca uk losing out on investment in life sciences research yes indeed Stephen. so tom keith roach he's the president of astrazeneca right here in the uk and he's told the times newspaper the company's not made new New research and development capital investments in Britain since 2021. He also warned that wider research and development spending in the country could also now be at risk. And this is due to uncompetitive fiscal environment is what he calls it. So speaking to the Times, he has concluded that the UK is losing out on investment from AstraZeneca. And that's to more competitive countries. A wildly out of line NHS sales tax he says, is a real particular concern. Now, the FTSE 100 company increased its R&D spending to 2.5 million back in 2021. So once again, we see the fiscal environment affecting investment here, according to AstraZeneca speaking to the Times newspaper. Okay, interesting. Just lastly, the New York Times, the blurred lines between Goldman CEO's day job and his DJ gig. Tell us more. So we all love this, don't we? David Solomon, the chief executive of Goldman Sachs, we know that he's been spinning records for years, hasn't he, outside of his job. But he has now actually hit the remix jackpot after meeting this high-flying US industry music executive that's Larry Mestel. Solomon got the chance to put a new spin on one of the most dance like dance to tracks ever. I must admit I've danced to this for years. Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody who loves me. And Solomon told senior Goldman Sachs executives that he does donate any profits he makes as a DJ to a charity. Remember, he's an amateur DJ, so he's not even really the big time. Sorry if you are listening. But well, the- <laughs> mind you, not if you look at the size of his gigs. Sorry, I know. Um, yeah, they- anybody who's seen the uh, yeah, Solomon's he, gigs he DJs- in terms of numbers, uh, you might not call it, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not the back garden. No, it's Ibiza. That's where he normally DJs, not the back garden, Caroline. Let's remember that. But he has been slightly criticised in this piece. And this is all over the blurred lines between his day job as the Goldman CEO. And some employees have helped him manage his DJ schedule and also his donations. And this is according to three people who have worked with him. And also, what if he got that remix if he was just a normal amateur DJ? So 
this is what the piece in the New York Times is really focusing on and arguing. Okay, fascinating stuff. Leanne Garens, thank you very much for that review of the newspapers. Well, let's move on to talk about a bit about the equity markets here in the UK. We had the FTSE 100 hitting a record high in trading on Friday. What does the future hold, though, for the UK's benchmark index? Bloomberg's UK stocks reporter Joe Easton is with us in the studio. Good morning to you, uh, Joe. So is this it? Could the FTSE 100 keep climbing? Um, I think potentially could keep going up with the broader market. But according to the people that we've spoken to for the piece we've got on the website today over the weekend, um, they kind of think that the outperformance could start to fade now. And we might have seen the peak in you know some of the energy prices, some of the defensive trades that have benefited the index. And people might start looking elsewhere, taking a bit more risk and going to the US, going to uh, maybe even the, the FTSE 250. So I think the outperformance potentially coming to an end. Um, mm. But but yeah, I'm trying to think of a way to bring in some DJing puns. But, you know, can't, can't quite think of anything. Good stuff. Um, look, in terms of the performance of the index in recent years compared to markets elsewhere, I mean, it is, it's defensive. Right? And this is the environment that it should be doing well in. Yes, I think so. I think that what we've seen, obviously, in the past few months is the interest rate expectations coming back down mm. and then the broader market, you know, this, the European market's now in a bull market, um, as they call it, up 20% since the low. So potentially people are looking to take more risks. And we've spoken to BlackRock in the piece and they're saying that they don't think that the FTSE 100 has as much legs as it had before and they're looking elsewhere. Um, and I think particularly given the way the energy market's looking, I think that could start coming down and that would be a negative for the index. You, you draw this comparison in the piece to the trajectory since Brexit in terms of dollar terms when we look at the S&P 500, the benchmark European indexes uh, and the FTSE as well. How, how much of this underperformance that we saw in recent times be, can be attributed to Brexit or what, what is the link that you've drawn in the article? Some of it is to do with Brexit, but obviously something we talk about a lot is how around 75% of the revenue comes from abroad. Um, the FTSE 100 actually underperformed since about 2012. So since the basically the back end of the financial crisis, it started underperforming. And um, that was because everyone got obsessed with growth stocks like, you know, tech stocks like mm. Tesla and, you know, Google and stuff like that. And the FTSE 100 doesn't really have much big tech. We do have listed tech in London, but it's the small cap, the mid caps. It's not in the FTSE 100. So people avoided the FTSE 100. And then when interest rates went up, the discount rates and some you know technical things that analysts look at um, made tech stocks less attractive and they fell a lot so, so the FTSE 100 fell by less um, but then Brexit came and added to the woes for you know the proportion of the revenue that comes from the UK economy. Okay, just really briefly, then FTSE 100 versus FTSE 250. Ravenscroft CIO was in last week saying actually he prefers to fit FTSE 250. Is that a goer? Yes, because it's more cyclical. So I think that as people are getting slightly more optimistic on the economy, the FTSE 250 looks more um, attached to what's happening in the economy and it will it'll move in tandem with the economy, whereas the FTSE 100 kind of does its own thing, is in its own little world. But the FTSE 250 is a better way to track the economy higher. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com.
Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.